every single person, every single relationship is different. So I think that gay women can teach straight women a lot about sex and even straight men. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Happy Monday. It's that time of the week again. Um, Hope everyone is doing well. I was inspired to create this episode after my couple's counseling session with my boyfriend yesterday. And I want to get this out of the way before I continue recording. I'm not trying to increase the amount of fetishization of lesbians, and I am not trying to perpetuate the stereotypes around lesbian sex because I identify as a queer individual and the LGBTQIA plus community is extremely important to me. So I will do my best to not reinforce lesbian stereotypes or contribute to the fetishization of lesbians, which I was thinking of doing an entire episode around. I consider myself a bisexual individual. I don't use the term pansexuality for personal reasons, but I do resonate with that term. I think there's a lot of issues when it comes to the stigmatization around bisexuality, and I've done tons of episodes around that. But I wanted to take this time, since it is Pride Month, to use my experience as a bisexual person and someone that has had intimacy and physicality with other women to give tips to those who either identify as part of the non-hetero community or even heteronormative. But I don't want to enforce heteronormativity, so I will try my best. And if you lost me and are confused with all these terms, do not worry. I am learning right alongside with you. Being a individual who had a gender studies minor in grad school really helped me to learn all of this terminology, but I do know firsthand how confusing it could be. So it's all a process. Be patient with me. Please be patient with yourself and let's get into it. All right. So with all of that being said and out of the way, first of all, happy Pride Month. Second of all, As Pride Month is coming to an end, I want to remind you to please keep that proud attitude, that open-minded, non-judgmental, and empowering attitude going all year long because queer people, trans people are highly discriminated and prejudiced against. There's lots of um, just being a quote-unquote minority group, a lot of stigmatization, stereotyping, microaggressions and hostility towards our community. So by using my voice and just spreading the message, I think that we could get to a place that's more inclusive and just diverse, which we need in America, clearly, as we've seen society crumble the last four or so years. (laughs) So yesterday I was in couples counseling with my boyfriend. I'm currently in a straight relationship, but I also personally feel that I do not like men more than women just because I've dated more men than women. An assumption a lot of people can make about bisexuals, and I'll just speak for myself, is 
that when you choose someone of a certain sex or gender to go out with, that is the certain sex or gender that you prefer. And no, I like women equally as much as men. And it's just very, very different for me. It's been a very different experience. And I don't prefer one more than the other. However, with that being said, I am in a relationship with someone that identifies as a male. So I wanted to talk about sex and the sex tips that I would give my fellow straight or heterosexual couples that I've learned through my sexual encounters with women. (laughs) And this was inspired because yesterday in therapy, the therapist said, Lauren, well, how has your relationships or your history, your personal history differed in terms of intercourse with women? Like, why do you think, not that it was necessarily better with women, but the identifying factor that I could distinguish and separate between my history with men and women is that my sex or intimacy with women has always 110% been consensual. Whereas with men, I would say 80% of my sexual experiences were non-consensual. So there's a lot of trauma and harm in my sexuality when it comes to men. And that contributes to my resentment and just that whole bag of worms, which can of worms, bag of worms, whatever, which I won't get into for today's episode. So Research has proven that lesbians actually have more orgasms than their straight or bisexual counterparts. And since as many as 75% of straight women do not climax during sex, it's always funny, those guys that are like, yeah, every woman's had an orgasm with me. And I'm like, bullshit. Women are queens of faking it, which we should not be doing, which I do not do anymore. I would not suggest that. But 75% of women cannot climax during uh, penetrative sex. So I thought it would be a smart kind of quirky idea to adopt any lessons from our fellow lesbian friends who know that. So I'll probably run through this twice just to really hit the nail on the head. But I want to iterate that number one foreplay is mandatory. It's vital. You would be hard-pressed to find a lesbian couple who skips foreplay. And this is because it's one of the main ways to get each other off. The big difference really lies in the fact that straight women are more reliant on intercourse for their orgasmic experience. We know that the longer the distance is between a woman's clitoris and her vagina, the less likely she will be able to experience orgasm with intercourse from regular penetrative sex. And when I use the word sex, I don't necessarily mean you need a penis and a vagina. You could have two vulvas. You could have a vagina and a toy. You could have a mouth and a phallic thing. Like It could be so many different things. So I want to expand the definition of the word sex before moving on to number two, don't underestimate the power of a tongue. The absence of a penis leaves space for another organ to take the spotlight. And in this case, that is the tongue. And since experts say most women need direct clitoral stimulation to achieve an orgasm, it's unsurprisingly that lesbian couples spend more time from oral sex, have frequent orgasms. 
I found a 2006 study that found that lesbian women report a higher level of sexual satisfaction after intercourse than their straight counterparts. So do not neglect oral. For me, I've never climaxed from a guy eating me out. When I've had women go down on me, I do tend to orgasm. So something that's just coming to mind also is that for a lot of men, sex will stop after they come, which makes me pretty resentful when I have sex with men because it's like as soon as they climax, the sex is over. Even if I was so close, even if I didn't get there, but I was climbing up the hill, it's like the second they get there is sex ends. And for me, that's really disappointing. So sex doesn't need to end as soon as you ejaculate, fellas. FYI. Number three, there's no benefit to being selfish. This is Going off of my last point, since same-sex intercourse often calls for a great amount of energy focused on pleasing your mate, it's less likely to be one-sided. I've had sex with both straight guys and women, and when it comes down to it, I find that a majority of women care more about pleasing because we have a deeper connection with other women sexually and listen more to each other when it comes to sex. So intimacy is everything. Another study by Masters and Johnson found that lesbian sexual encounters tend to be much more focused on achieving physical intimacy and as such include more full body sexual contact rather than genital focused contact. Besides enhancing a feeling of closeness, more time spent focusing on other areas of the body besides the genitals, like your breasts, your neck, your stomach, your thighs, your nipples, means less pressure to achieve orgasm and as such, a greater likelihood of getting off. And number five, you should not fake it <laughs> till you make it. We process everything from tube tops to exactly what kind of femme is Tina from the L word, which I need to watch. But it makes sense that we communicate about sex just as much, right? So rather than ignoring or deceiving our partner, we're more likely to talk through it instead. And conversely, when you fake an orgasm, you're doing way more harm to your relationship as you're letting your partner think what they're doing is enough to get you off. That's why so many men walk around with these sexual egos thinking that their dick is A1 when really it's not. And this isn't to put men down at all, but Lesbian couples understand that communicating is the key to a fulfilling sex life. And sex isn't a race, right? In heterosexual sex, often it feels like a race against time. Especially if you've ever slept with any guy who thinks he's a human jackhammer. But in contrast, many lesbian couples make it their goal to see how long sex can last rather than who can get an orgasm first. Almost 10% of lesbians have sex that lasts for more than two hours compared to just 1% of straight couples, which I'm not saying that longer is better. For me personally, I've dated a lot of guys who have delayed ejaculation and delayed ejaculation is extremely painful. And it's a condition where sex for them, they can't climax 30 minutes or longer. The average amount of sex, I think lasts seven minutes which for me, seven minutes is okay. It really depends on the mood, right? And I'm not saying that lesbian sex is better than heterosex or sex with a straight person, but it's just different, right? I would say for me, the perfect amount of time for intercourse is 15 to 20 minutes. Any longer than that, really, 
is way too long and when it comes to a penis is very painful. But I guess it's different when you consider sex coming back to that, right? Like if it's lasting two hours, the actual play could be what? Like 20 minutes long, but then you're cuddling, you're getting flirty, you're having aftercare, you're communicating beforehand, you're playing a game, whatever. Sex with women is is more of an adventure with a, than a task. And orgasm isn't even the point. Um, it's you know, variety is everything. The attributes lesbian women use to describe themselves in online dating profiles most often include adventurous and kinky. This is according to OkCupid. So that's probably largely due to the fact that lesbian couples need to be more creative with the way they stimulate and bring one one another to orgasm. And as such, role-playing and sex toys often factor into lesbian sex play. Um, another study, since I do a shit ton of research before these episodes, just because I want to make sure I'm factually correct, found that 80% of lesbian women report regularly using sex toys in the bedroom. And the bonus of adding a kinky toy into your sexual repertoire means you'll be opening yourself up to new realms of pleasure and enhance your bond with your partner by trying new things together. So it's really a win-win. So it's about keeping the spark alive in the bedroom in your relationship.